You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. The serpent, snake, was the savviest of all of the creatures in the Creator's perfect planet. The reptile surveyed the scene with keen snake eyes. Streetwise, armed with an arsenal of plausible lies, he slithered up to Eve, the woman, from her blind side, preserving the element of surprise. And he said, Hello, child. How was your day? I overheard your conversation. I just had one simple question. Exactly what did the Creator say? That thing about the tree, the evil and the good, how do you know that you understood? Did he really say what you think you heard? Maybe your mind twisted up the words. Did he say hands off all the plants? Don't look, don't touch, don't taste. What a waste that would be. Eve, the woman, pointed out the tree with the taboo. The tree of the knowing, the good and evil too. She told the snake that God had made it drop dead clear that everything else was free, every other tree. But if they took one tiny taste of the fruit of this particular one, they would absolutely, positively crash and burn. Ah, said the snake, faking genuine concern. The deity's afraid of what you're gonna learn. With just one bite, you be just like him. Eyes wide open, knowing the heights of what humans can do, knowing the depths, the despicable too. God would have no tactical advantage over you. You and your man could have the run of the place, total control over the food you eat, the life you live, the path you choose. With just one small bite, you could gain the whole green world. And that means that God of yours would lose. The woman Eve walked closer and closer to the tree. She sniffed and felt fruit against her cheek. Totally wise, with open eyes. She said, what's wrong with that? Maybe my man and I were born for this. Born to know, born to control, born to rule. She swallowed hard and it was done. She gave some to her covenant partner, Adam. He opened his mouth and gobbled it down and the universe was silent.
It was the cool part of the day, and God was walking, walking through the land he made, his ecosystem so magnificently put together, about to erode, about to implode before his sad and timeless eyes. He took one long last look and kissed the innocence goodbye. Son, Eve, girl, what have you done? Ground, it's broken now, under a curse, from bad to worse. Now your eyes are wise and clear. Now you know shame. Now you know fear. Now you know you're naked. Now you run for cover. Well, here's what's gonna happen. Life will be shorter. Pain will be greater. Work will be harder. Grinding it out by the sweat on your brow, the blood on your hands. Eve and Adam, even the bond you have will now be strained, slightly off, distorted, reframed. And as for you, reptile snake, Adam will crush your head. You will strike and bite his heel. You will feel the weight of the consequences of what you've done for eons. to celebrate Easter, right? But I did this very intentionally and I feel like the Lord is giving us such a gift this Easter for us to understand in order to move from death, which is we're gonna talk about and what death means. Death is a result and a byproduct of the curse that we just saw that goes all the way back in Genesis with God's created first man and woman, when they bought into a lie, hook, line, and sinker. And today, I just, I want us, I want us to get a grasp of the death every single one of us experience because of the curse of sin. It's not God's doing, it's our doing. We made the choice to rebel. And this Easter Sunday, our prayer is that you would experience the risen life of Jesus. But before Jesus could experience resurrection, he had to die first. 
You can't have resurrection without death. If something's not dead, it can't come to life. Have you ever seen Princess Bride (laughs) where they think he's almost dead? No, you're not almost dead, you're dead. You have to be dead and buried in the ground in order to have a hope for life. And that's what Jesus had to do. And we're going to just walk through the weight and the gravity and the depravity of our sin. We need to experience the wrath and the anguish of what awaits us so that we can then experience the good news of Easter Sunday. How many of you know, if you don't have bad news, the good news really isn't that powerful? Good news is really good news because where you are is not so good news. And so we're going to sink a little bit and go to the weight of the different categories of death that we face on a daily basis. Every single one of us, no one is immune to this. We have all sinned and fallen short. And it started with Adam and Eve. So if you don't mind, one thing I'd like to do is uh, I would just like to pray because we can't really get a, a clear picture of God's word without God empowering us to see. These things are supernatural, and so we need supernatural power in order to receive them and understand them. So would you bow your heads with me? God, I acknowledge I have sinned and fallen short of you. And Lord, we're all here for a reason. Yes, it's Easter, but we're seeking truth for our lives. We know that our lives are just a vapor. Our time is short. And this life on earth is uncertain. And so we wanna know for sure that when we do leave this earth, that we will have hope to escape the different deaths that our sin deserves. And so Lord, would you just take me a broken vessel? God, would you empower the words that you give me to pierce our hearts, oh God, so that by the end of this message, we could be standing boldly on our feet, even shouting because of the hope and the good news that you have come to give us. Your great love did not leave us in the weight and the penalty and the destruction of our sin. You loved us and you love us and you want to bring resurrection life to us. And so do that, Lord. I acknowledge that you are the only one that can do this. May you get all the glory in Jesus' name, amen. This all started with God's perfect creation, not a single flaw, not a single crack, not a single thorn, not a single thistle. God was known by Adam and Eve and Adam and Eve were known by God and they had perfect union with God's presence. There wasn't presence, there wasn't a moment that went by where they weren't with God. There wasn't a moment that went by where God didn't provide for their every single need, gave them authority to rule and to reign and to be fruitful and to be with God always. 
But that came to a quick halting end when Adam and Eve were tempted to believe a lie, a lie that every single one of us here and on live stream are guilty of believing. And the lie is, can you really trust God? Can you really trust that he has all control? Can you really trust that he is going to take you exactly where he wants to and that his plans and purposes for your life are good? Can you really trust that he's not holding out on you? Can you really trust that you are like God? Because the lie is if you bite and eat, your eyes will be open and see that you will be God. You will be like him. It's a lie because when we're created in God's image, we are like him. They believed a lie that there was more. Have you ever fallen into that trap where you think there's more? That there's more besides what God can provide for you? And if there's more and he's holding out, why don't you go get what's yours? You will rule and have control and all things will worship you. And they bought it and the hook sunk in deep. And because of man and woman's choice to buy into a lie, we have all been walking dead people experiencing death. And we're gonna talk about that in a moment. But I want us to understand what happened in the perfect creation, most holy, righteous, right standing with God kind of relationship man and woman had with God. What happened to that and the curse that you and I all face because of sin. God doesn't sin. God can't tolerate sin. And so something had to happen as a consequence for sin. So in our sin, in our decision to believe lies, we did four things that brought death. The first thing is we broke away from our relationship with God. That oneness, that perfect unity, the foundation of that relationship was forever broken because we literally broke away, rejected God, and turned to the things that this world can provide. So we broke away, but we also, we traded God's covering, his perfect covering of protection, provision, and preservation. We stepped out of that covering when we traded it for a lie that we could be like God when we already were. We traded that just for a chance to have more. We broke away. We traded out. 
And we rebelled against God's one commandment, showing that our faithfulness and our trust in him was flawed. How do I know? Well, when you fully trust in something, you don't waver to another. You're willing to fall trusting that the Lord of heaven, who's faithful, will catch you. They traded it and rebelled against God's one command, showing their flaw. The last thing we see in our rebellion and in our sin is we forfeited all that God had to give us, which is life, forever existence, knowing God and nothing else. You see, when they first bit into that lie, It was the very first time ever in all of human history where their eyes were open and they had a conscience. The regulatory system of your soul began to sense and be aware of evil. This was new, just like sin is new to us when it comes on the computer screen for the first time or we experience something, a feeling that a substance gives. And it just pulls us, the curiosity of it, the awareness of evil was now a part of the curse. And through the downfall of the first man and woman, they had unleashed something that expanded to the world. And this something was a cloud. Remember I said in the creation, in God's perfect creation, his cloud covering was protection provision and preservation. Well, this cloud was destruction, division, and all sorts of evil. And since this cloud entered into the existence of earth through sin, we can't go far enough, fast enough to get from underneath of the cloud covering. It is a cloud covering that until Jesus comes to destroy that cloud covering, we will not be able to get away from it. This cloud covering can be summed up with one word. It is death. You and I, as long as we are living in our earthly, fleshly body, we will not be able to escape the categories and the curse of death. I know, encouraging, right? But you see, life will be so much more appreciated when we understand we don't even deserve life. We are stuck, we are screwed, we are helpless, we are broken. I want to give a biblical definition of death so that we will understand the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ that came to rescue us and restore us from death. That biblical definition of death, repeat after me, is separation. Let's try it again, separation. 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 You see, I grew up just thinking death was the end. Death is not the end, and death doesn't mean the end. Death means something was separated. Just because you die doesn't mean you end and stop existing. It means that something is severed and separated. 
any separation, any illegitimate separation due to the curse equals death. Death doesn't mean something that ends. It means something has been severed. Sin and death always goes together. Sin and death always go together. You can't have sin and not have death, and you can't have death and not have sin. They go together. Don't believe me. Let's look at a couple passages that won't be on the screen. Ezekiel 18, verse 4, says, For all people are mine to judge. God speaking. Both parents, any parents here, and children, any children here. And this is my rule. The person who sins is the one who will die. Well, that sounds cruel. No. A holy God creating us for perfection. When we break that perfection, we break something is separated. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages, the results of sin is death. Separation. James 1, 14 through 15 says, temptation comes from God. No, temptation never comes from God. Temptation comes from our own evil desires. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Eve. From our own evil desires within us. What happens is we're aware of something that we never were aware of before. It's the consequence of evil. So disobedience to God exposes us to a door of evil we were never designed to experience. That's the curse of death. Ephesians 2 says you were dead in your sin. Dead means dead, lost, hopeless, severed, and separated from the God of heaven. Did you know by the way, can we, um, James 1, 14 through 15, I know it's not on the screen. I just feel like I need to go back. It says this, temptation comes from our own desires, the curse, which entice us and drags us away. We broke away from God. We traded life for death. We rebelled against our creator and we forfeited everything he designed for us. And these desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow in your life, it gives birth to death. My wife and I were talking the other day, and you know what? She's the smart one of the relationship, by the way. She said this, she said, Phil, that's why there's no death in heaven. It's because there's no sin in heaven. That's why Satan had to fall and be ejected, excommunicated from heaven. There's no sin in heaven. God has no sin about him. His nature is anti-sin. He can't be in the presence of sin. That's why Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden. And ever since, and in the Old Testament, you read all this crazy stuff that God always designed to be with his people. And he never, never, never gave up on us, but he was always separated from mankind into a holy place that man would make for them until Jesus came. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Hang on. It took three days 
for the good news to come. Hang on in with me and we'll get there. So I wanna focus on a few deaths that because of sin and sin's curse, we all have experienced or continue to experience. You see, we can't understand and appreciate and even walk in our new life resurrection power that Jesus has given available for everybody until we understand the death curse that is upon us. There's only one solution to lift that curse. And we're gonna see that in just a minute. The first category of death I want us to look at is spiritual death. Spiritual. God could not dwell in union with man and woman any longer. There was a separation. A separation. That's why they were kicked out of the garden. When they ate, their eyes were open. They're spiritually dead. The second category of death is we see emotional death because we have been separated from the God who cares for us and loves us and wants to provide for our every need. There is an emotional anguish. anguish. We are wrecked emotionally. And so because they realized the separation, they experienced for the first time shame. Have you ever experienced shame? They experienced guilt. They looked at them and they didn't see that they were just naked. The nakedness was their shame and their guilt for being separated from God by their rebellion. They decided to take God's creation, fig leaves, and sew them together and to cover up their nakedness, their shame and guilt. Fast forward to 2021. Oh, we still wear fig leaves. Many go to church on Easter Sunday and they're looking like they're wearing the right clothing. They go through the motions and they put the money in the tithe box and they sing the songs and they say the prayers. They're just clothed in fig leaves, separated, forgetting the death that they're living because of sin. And so because of our emotional anguish, we go see fig leaf counselors. Nothing against the medical, psychological realm, but what I'm saying is we run to things that never were to provide for the emotional death, separation from God. We pay fig leaf money for whatever kind of relief. We pop whatever fig leaf pills we can get a hold of to numb the pain of death. We experience emotional death. This convicted me this week. Because of our emotional death and our separation from God, we have clung to entertainment, sports, social media, medication, to distract our awareness, to forget that we are dying daily, separated from the one true hope for our dying disease called sin. Sit in that for a moment. Spiritual death, emotional death, relational death. 
Now that we're separated from the God who's the center of all relationships, your desire is to control each other. How many can testify to that? Husbands, don't raise your hands. (laughs) We chase after the role of God in our relationships. Isn't that crazy just to think about that? That is the result of the curse. Because of death, we now are completely out of balance in what our role in relationships should be. Marriages are no longer about reflecting the image of God by becoming a team, united on all fronts, serving one another, laying down your life for one another, glued together through their devotion to God and each other. That was relationship in perfection before sin. Relationships with children are now the most challenging and often fractured. Relationships are centered around the individual, not the other person anymore. My wants, my needs, my money, my life, my dream. And we do whatever we need necessary to get it. And our culture around us cheers us on for that. Therefore, if a person in your life in relationship with you is no longer a means to your end, then the solution becomes to use, manipulate, abuse in order to conform and mold them to your expectations. Many of you have been abused and manipulated for someone else's gain. And I am so sorry that happened. But there is one person to blame, and that is Satan himself, the father of all lies, that we believe the lie and the curse of sin has caused relationships to be broken, separated, and experiencing death. Another death is economic death. Hello. (laughs) We're experiencing that today. God's design and creation was that there would not be a single care or worry in our minds. Why do you think Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow? He wanted to take care of everything and provide for your individual needs and your family needs. It would all be provided by your creator. All you're called to do is enjoy and work The field in authority, not breaking a sweat. How many people would love that? No overtime, because you don't need it. God would supply all of our needs. Now because of economic death, because of sin, there are physical repercussions economically for you and for me. We live in astronomical debt because we rejected God's provision for our every need and resorted to our own abilities to provide. We deal with the thorns and thistles of life every day that were never designed to be in our life because of the curse. We live day by day trying to make ends meet, living check by check. You can thank the curse of sin for that. There's another death called the physical death that each one of us, the Lord doesn't return before that. Each one of us 
We'll take our last breath from this physical body where our soul will be severed and separated from our cavity, our body. And when our soul is separated from the body, the body ceases to have life and ceases to function. And it goes back to the earth of dust as God created us. Physical death is a curse because of sin. And then there's the worst death of all, eternal death, forever and ever. Your soul is separated from God forever in hell, which we deserve, by the way, because we broke away, we traded what we had for a lie. We rebelled against our creator and we forfeited life with him. We deserve absolutely deserve that separation. But aren't you thankful for what this day represents? Aren't you thankful that God did not give up and send us to the trash heap? That God said, I still love my creation and I am going to redeem it. He knew from the foundations of the earth that he would be sending his son to pay our debt to give us resurrection life. John 3.16, now, now it gets good. But you see, we have to understand everything that you're facing that is bringing destruction and devastation and death in your life is because of the curse of sin. And we have to understand that death was never a design for our lives, but resurrection life is our hope through Jesus Christ. You want hope? You need to experience the resurrection life of Jesus John 3, 16, my favorite verse, for God so loved the world that he gave Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him shall not perish. You know what that word means in the Greek? Die, separation forever with God. Now that kind of has a different tone to it, doesn't it? Whoever believes in him shall not perish be separated from God forever, but will have eternal life in the presence of God Almighty. That's good news. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift. Just think the blood and the life that Jesus shed on the cross cost him everything was free for you and me. Free. You don't have to do anything to earn it or deserve it was offered because God so loved you. Did you ever think about this on Good Friday or Easter weekend? You are worth the death of Jesus. That's how much God loves you. He took your death row cell in prison for you. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And so I'm gonna lead you in the time that we have left. I'm gonna lead you in three resurrection points. I pray that you would write these down, take a snapshot of the screen or go to our YouTube channel and watch it over because guys, you weren't just saved by the blood of Jesus to live out your resurrection life on Easter Sunday. And then the rest of the year, just carry your, your dead self and the death in your life caused by sin and you're just dragging dead corpse and it stinks and we bring our dead corpse to church. When Jesus said, 
I paid it all. Everything you need for life and godliness, it's already done. Now you need to receive it and walk in it. So the resurrection point number one is resurrection life is available to you today through Jesus Christ. It's available, but we must first understand what Jesus actually did on our behalf. And this rocked my world this week. Let's look back at the slide that we discovered in Genesis. We broke away from God. We traded everything that he had given us. We rebelled against the creator and we forfeited all that he had to offer us for a lie. Guess what Jesus did? Guys, this will rock you. Just ask the Lord to open your eyes of your heart to see what he did. Look at this. He was broken. We broke away. He was broken for us. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with the deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and we looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. We rebelled against him. We traded what he had for us. And yet he loved you enough to be broken, to restore you back to life. He traded his life. We traded everything he had to give for a lie. Guess what he did? He laid down his life for you and me. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. He traded his life and everything he had in heaven to come and live the life that we could never live to lay down his life as a ransom for all. That is great love. Now we're starting to celebrate Easter because we understand what Jesus rescued us from. Next one, he took our rebellion. This is a big one. Our rebellion spit in God's face. God the Father had to turn his face from his son. Never once were they disconnected at all. They were one and he had to turn his face from his son. Why? because he took our rebellion upon himself. That's deep love. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus. Yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment of God, a punishment for his own sin. And the last one was he forfeited. He forfeited his authority. He forfeited his title as Lord of all. He forfeited everything. To be beaten and brutally killed to the point where no one could recognize him for you. He was pierced for your rebellion. He was literally crushed for our sins. Friends, if you haven't seen the passion of Christ, we showed it on Friday. If you haven't seen the passion of Christ, I challenge you, why? why? You need to see what Jesus did. Well, I don't watch rated R movies. Oh no? Okay, that's another message. Um, he was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. He forfeited everything for you. And yet we walk in death every day when he did it already on the cross. He paid in full for us not to have to walk in death, but experience resurrection life. 
How many parents see their kids go in crooked ways, making stupid decisions, and you're just like, if they would only listen to me. (laughs) And you have to feel the heartache and the anguish and the loss when you see your child go down that road. That's what Jesus did for us. And yet he said, I'm gonna take care of it. But you see, he did it all. He did it all for us. But there's one thing missing that has to happen in order for us to experience the resurrection of Jesus. And that's point number three. In order to experience the resurrection of Jesus, we must continually die to sin that brings death and separation. One of the biggest lies to people who believe in Jesus, you have his presence living inside of you. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says. You are a new creation. The old dead person is gone. The separation and the curse is broken. And yet we think that that's gonna pay for all of our sin of the separational consequences right now. Every time you sin, yes, it's covered by the blood of Jesus. Yes, you are forgiven, but there's a separation that takes place. There is a death every time. As I'm growing up in Christ, I realize that when I fall short and I give in to temptation, I experience that separation. It's almost like, God, where did you go? And God says, I'm right here. And he always leads me back to the cross where forgiveness and hope and resurrection life is there. But you can't walk around living in sin and expect to experience the power of the resurrection. You have got to bury the dead man, the dead woman of sin and come alive in what Christ gives us. Are you a dead Christian walking? Shall I say this? Let me say this. Are you a dead person walking without the hope of Jesus? Or are you an alive in Christ person carrying your dead person along? Or are you alive in Christ and you have buried the dead person daily? You are digging and digging so that you can bury it once and for all at the foot of the cross. We must continually die to the sin that brings death and separation. Here's the last scripture I want to leave with you so that we understand that we literally can begin to move away from living in death due to the curse into the resurrection power of Jesus every moment, every day, because it was paid in full on the cross by Jesus, done. You don't have to do anything. You just have to believe in Christ. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any death. Remember those categories of death and separation. Put them all in one. Death no longer has any power over him. And when you become a new creation because of Jesus, he lives in you. And if he lives in you, then death no longer has any power over you. So I wanna go over those three points one more time. Follow me on the screen. Resurrection power. The first one, in order to have resurrection power, 
we must first understand what Jesus actually did on our behalf. Number two, we must receive the one who broke the power of death. Did I skip over that, by the way? I think I did. We must believe. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes. You mean I don't have to do anything else but believe in Jesus? Happy Easter! That's it! Believe on the one who died for you and you shall be saved. And point number three, is we must continually die to the sin that brings death and separation. Would you bow your heads as the band comes up? Jesus, thank you. I thank you that my God, because of Jesus, is able to heal and deliver and save and restore anything that he wants to because of the resurrection. And so, Lord, we lay all the death of sin at the cross and we leave it there. For those of you who have never, ever believed and confessed in God, Jesus Christ, that he paid your sin. He took your death to give you life. Friends, if that's you, and you don't make a decision to believe and receive Jesus, you will spend eternity in hell without him. Literally, you can change the trajectory of your eternity in a moment by saying, Jesus, I believe in you. Show me more of your heart. Thank you for forgiving me and paying my debt of death. Receive it. Be changed and bury the deadness of sin in your life. Walk anew. Walk with resurrection life and power that was designed for you from the very beginning. For those of you who confess Christ. Maybe you have been serving and following Christ most of your life. Yet you have such a stench of the death caused by the curse that you're dragging around sickness, unrepentance, emotional anguish, relational death. You're just dragging, dragging it around. You need to let it go. And you need to give it to Jesus once and for all, which he already paid with his life blood. And you need to start walking in trust and newness and faith with Christ. I just wanna pray over you right now. For those of you who want to receive Jesus because you believe in him. If you would just raise your hand right where you're at and say, look, I don't, I don't wanna experience death anymore. I'm receiving Jesus as my savior right now. Just raise your hand wherever you're at. Thank you. It's awesome. For those of you who are alive in Christ, and you would say, you know what? There's some death that I've opened a door to in my life. 
And I'm now, today, I'm deciding to leave it at the cross. Would you raise your hand? Any addiction, any stench of death, any repercussions of death in your life? Yeah. So Jesus, thank you that when the stone was rolled away, something began to shake. And when people begin to live their life in the resurrection power and bury the death of sin, things begin to rattle. The enemy trembles and things begin to change and look differently. And I believe whenever, well, not I believe, scripture says whenever a lost person comes to the newness of the resurrection life, heaven throws a rock concert, a party, because things begin to rattle and shake. That's what the resurrection life does for all of us. So would you stand? We're gonna do this rock song and we're going to celebrate that death has no power over us because he is risen and risen indeed. Amen. Come on. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly impact Bible study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.